This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. Well, happy Thanksgiving weekend, New Song Church. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. I hope that you got to eat a lot of good food. You look full. The room looks full, which is good, which is good. You guys, is the tryptophan still going? We're a little quiet this morning. You guys with me today? Good to see you. Hey, would you help me welcome all those that are joining us online? Let them know that you're glad that they're tuning in with us. So glad that you're here with us. And I got Sarah here with me today because there is a lot going on at New Song Church right now. We are entering into a very busy season as we move into yes. the new year. And so Sarah's good at details. So she's up here to help me to make sure we get all these details ironed out correctly. So right. Sarah, okay. yeah. So there's 28 days till Christmas. Isn't that wild? Yes, 28 days. And Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. And so we wanted to let you know there will be no services in person or online on Christmas Sunday. But on Christmas Eve, we are hosting two services. It's a Saturday and it's going to be at 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. So make plans to join us for one of our Christmas Eve services. They're going to be super sweet. Um, and then after Christmas, we are rolling into one of my favorite Favorite times of the year at New Song, and that's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know um, we, we haven't even started December yet, but I am, I am putting this on your radar because I really want you to be thinking and praying and planning for these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are going to meet here every day, Monday through Thursday from 12 to 12.40 p.m. on a lunch break to pray together, just like we do every Wednesday for midweek prayer. And let me just tell you, there has been some amazing things happening at midweek. We're coming together. We're praying for our city. We're praying for revival, for awakening for people to fall in love with Jesus. And we've been praying for healing. And um, I wanted to share with you, somebody shared this testimony with me last night. But there was a Wednesday, probably four weeks ago, Pastor Trudy was leading prayer. And she said, if there's anybody who's sick in the room and needs healing in their body, raise your hands. And we begin to, uh, if, if you've got somebody around you, go and lay hands on them, begin to pray. And there's a lady over here, raise her hand. She comes to midweek every Wednesday. And um, a couple of us gathered around her to pray. Garris, you were over there praying with me, um, a couple other people. And first we were just kind of praying generically. And then I said, what specifically are you dealing with? And she said, lung disease. And we began to pray. And I'm telling you, I saw like the bronchial tree in her uh, lungs just growing and gaining and leaves and freshness. It was crazy. Like I, I could feel the presence of God. Like I knew something was happening. I remember telling him like, God, God was healing that lady. Like I couldn't stand after I prayed for her. Like I, the presence was so strong. Well, she came Saturday last night and she said, hey, remember when we prayed over my lungs? And I said, yes. She was like, I'm completely healed. She said, I was at, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was awesome? at 30, so 30%, 30% with her oxygen levels. She's at 100%. Come on. Glory to God. Glory yes. to God. So good. This beautiful man who reigns forever. Like, glory to God. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. He's so good. So I'm so excited of Monday through Thursday praying like yes. that. So, so plan to be here if you can. Um, if you can't, we stream it online. Um, also, we want to encourage you to fast during that time. It's yeah. prayer and 
fasting. We're not gonna do like a Daniel fast or anything corporate where we're all fasting the same things, but I do wanna encourage you if, it, if you if you can medically to fast through lunch wherever you're at and just commit to praying with us. It's gonna be awesome. And then um, what we also have uh, a, being, a new Being Transformed journal is Come about on. to drop. And um, you will see that during 21 days of prayer and fasting, we have a special reading plan. There's two options. I'll talk more about that in a couple weeks, but we're excited about that. And then last but not least, Blocks Conference. The third annual Blocks Conference is coming up. And this is something we do every first Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of the year. We meet here for extended worship, altar ministry, and special messages. And it just so happens that this year, the first Sunday of the year is, um, or the first, yeah, the first Sunday is January 1st. Right. And so we thought, oh, should we like move it? Cause it's a holiday. And we were like, no, what else should God's people be doing on the first day of the year, but consecrating and, and the, the year for him. And yeah. so be here, make plans to, to join us. I've got a message I have been holding on to. The Lord always gives me my blocks message right after sabbatical. So I'm holding on to this since July and I can't wait to share it. Um, Josh has a great word. And then Pastor David Perkins yes. is gonna be here from Radiant City, Kansas City. He's gonna bring a, a word. So you don't have to buy a ticket because it's free, but we do need you to register because Seating is limited, as you can see. So make plans to join us. It's on the app. You can get your tickets, save your spot right now, and register for childcare. Thank you. Yes, Thank you, Sarah. You're lots of details, lots of good things going on. Get ready for all of that. Uh, also, we find ourselves in a season. Actually, next Sunday, we're taking up our Heart for the House offering. For those of you who are new to New Song, at this time of year, every year, we invite you. Uh, to give above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings to help us. We take up this special Heart for the House offering that enables us to continue to grow the mission and the vision of New Song Church. And, uh, and this year, as I shared with you a couple weeks ago, we have pivoted off of building on our land and we are actually going to uh, retrofit a building over here that we have found that's two miles from here. It's gonna be $3 million cheaper than what it was gonna cost us to build on the land. It's gonna be three times the size of the building we currently find ourselves in. And we'll be in it 10 months earlier than we originally anticipated getting out on the land. So it's a really, really great move for our church. In fact, I've got some renderings up here, some of the images of what the church is gonna look like a little bit. So you can see there, there's the outside of the front view. There's This next one is the side view. Someone asked me, is, is kids gonna be green? No, it's not. These are the renderings, okay? They're not exactly how it's gonna look but we'll have a special kids entrance. Uh, this is the inside of the auditorium. Again, the auditorium will look kind of like this, except it'll be a whole lot darker. And I want to zoom in a little bit because one thing that we're really excited about is Tim McGraw is going to be leading worship at the new... <laughs> thought that was pretty cool. Uh, here's, a, here's an image of, of the lobby. You can see our, our coffee. Guys, our coffee setup is going to be legit in the new building. Like we're really putting a lot into that. And uh, yeah, other images of the lobby. So this whole project is an $8 million project. We already have a million of that from last year's Heart from the House. We're inviting you next weekend to come ready to, to give a sacrificial offering, a gift of, of love and of worship unto God to help us to knock this out. And, uh, and then beyond that, 
that, we're also inviting you to make a pledge. You should have these cards around you. If you haven't grabbed one of these, grab a couple of these. Uh, but one of the other thing that we're asking you to do is make a two-year pledge that, that every month on a monthly basis, you're going to give a little bit extra above your regular tithes and offerings to help us to pay this down as much as possible. And it's really exciting. I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do in this new space. We're going to be able to do ministry so much better, reach our community in incredible ways, disciple the people that God's given us, kids ministry, everything's going to go up, up, up. So, uh, so exciting, exciting stuff. Get ready for that. So come ready to give next Sunday. Get with your spouse, pray about what God's calling you to do and come ready to give next Sunday. All right, if you got your Being Transformed journals, go ahead and get those out. By the way, we started a Advent uh, for the uh, leading up to Christmas, we've got Advent is a major theme of the Being Transformed journals. So, I want you to follow along with us in that if you if you're not already. But we're in the the Christmas season, and we're starting a brand new series today called Enter Advent. And and what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks is unpacking this this idea of what Advent is all about. Now, maybe for you, you're kind of like I was. I didn't really know much about Advent until a little bit more recently. Like Advent to me was like the advent calendar that we had at our house, which at our house, it was this Christmas tree that hung on the wall, this like felt Christmas tree looking thing that had pockets in it and it kind of counted down till, till Christmas. Uh, well, Advent is actually something that the church and the people of God have been participating in ever since the, the birth of Jesus. And, and, and really what it's about is, is Advent comes from this Latin word Adventus, which means arrival. And what we do at, at this season is we remember and we remind ourselves of the arrival of Jesus on the scene, that God is with us, church. And not only was he with us 2,000 years ago, but he is with us today. He is present in every moment and walking with us in whatever season we find ourselves in, God is with us. So Advent is kind of three things. Advent is Jesus in Bethlehem when he was born. Uh, Advent is Jesus in the lives of those who believe in him. And Advent is when Jesus will return someday to receive all of those who have received him as Lord and Savior. So kind of simply put, Advent is about recognizing what God through Jesus has done, is doing, and will do. And what, what it calls us to do is kind of to wake up to the reality of really what this season is, is all about. I, I love what N.T. Wright said. He said, Christmas has become cozy, right? And we're, we're okay with that. Like, we kind of like that. Like, we like our little cozy Christmas. But he says, Advent calls us to stay awake. You know, this is, a, this is an interesting season. Christmas, like, everything kind of changes at Christmas time. I don't know if you've really paid attention to this. But, like, everything changes. Like, you drive through a neighborhood, we put lights on our house. Like, the way our neighborhoods look changes. The way the inside of our house looks, that changes. Like, we decorate our house. We listen to different music. We watch different movies. We eat different food. We, like, in, if you're working, you're, typically people are either ramping down right now, preparing for the new year, or you're ramping up to kind of try to make the most of the end of, of this year. But Christmas is a season where there's a lot of change taking place in our life. And in the middle of all the change, in the middle of all the traditions, in the middle of all the stuff that's going on, it's very easy for Christ to kind of become the missing piece of our Christmas plans. And so what Advent does is it calls us to remember, hey, this is a season where we celebrate the arrival of God on the scene, that God is with us. And so for the next four weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're going to unpack these themes of Advent, which are hope, love, joy, and peace. And so my assignment today is to talk to you about the hope that we find 
in the story of, of Jesus. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we come to it ready to receive from you. Lord, this is not a moment about me. This is not a moment about hearing from man. This is a moment of connection with you, Lord. I pray that you would speak to every individual in this room. I pray that every person who is here today would leave with a, with a deposit from the heart of God and that we would walk away having a greater revelation of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you're going to do today. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. 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 I love Christmas. Like I'm a big Christmas fan, like for real. I love it. I love all the stuff, the traditions, the food, the music, the movies. Like I'm, I'm down. Eggnog, I'm down. Like, let's go. I love Christmas. And at one point I was kind of like a real, like firm Christmas traditionalist in that um, I was real big. Some of you may be like this kind of person. Like you don't do anything Christmas until after Thanksgiving. I got any people like that in the room today? I was like you once. God set me free. Because <laughs> here, here's what I came to realize. Here's what I came to realize. Like my kids are growing up way too fast and the season goes way too fast and I got way too much to accomplish during the Christmas season to try to squeeze it into just like the, this, the few days that you have from Thanksgiving to Christmas. So now it's changed. Now, once we hit November 5th, November 5th, because November 4th is my birthday, so after we celebrate Josh, we then celebrate <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> November 5th, it's, it's like it's Christmas. Let's go. Now, we don't, un we don't like unpack everything that day, but like we start to put up the tree. We start to kind of roll things out. We start to kind of get everything going so that like after Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving night, we're putting out the last few things so we can hit the ground running and get everything moving towards the Christmas season. I love Christmas, but what I don't love about Christmas is I don't love all of the waiting that's involved with Christmas. A Christmas is a season where we do a lot of waiting. Over the next several months, you are going to be waiting on stuff like crazy. Like you're going to spend so much time waiting in lines waiting in lines at the post office, waiting in lines for, at stores, waiting in lines to get your snacks at the movies, waiting for, for people who are, take a while to get ready, not looking at anyone in particular. <laughs> I remember, got young people, young guys, just so you know, uh, takes girls a while, okay? Just so you know, it takes them a while. I remember, like when we and Sarah were dating, I would, I'd just be like, hey, I'm gonna come by, pick you up at six. I come by six o'clock, we, we're ready to go. She's ready. We just go bopping out and we're ready to go. And then we got married and we're on our honeymoon. Honeymoon, like just getting started. And I remember being like, hey, let's, let's you know, we're, we're here. Let's go to the beach. Okay, let me get ready. An hour and a half later to go to the beach, people. It's a shocker for me. Shocker. But we, we do some waiting at Christmas time. Kids are going to be waiting for Christmas Day. You're going to be waiting on that one family member who's always late. Like we're going to be doing some waiting. And, and I don't like waiting and neither do you. In fact, we live in a culture where we've really worked hard to make things as convenient as possible because nobody really likes waiting. And yet here we are in the season that many people call the most wonderful time of the year. And I would argue it's the most waiting time of the year. Tis the season of waiting. Totally tis. So get ready for that. Get ready for all the waiting 
you're going to have to do. Now, beyond the waiting that just comes with the busyness of the season, there's also what the season does to the things that we've been waiting on for a while. Like I've said before, Christmas is, is like kind of like a magnifying glass and that Christmas doesn't make things worse in your life, but it will magnify if things are not as you would like them to be. Like we find ourselves in this season where if things aren't exactly as you would want them to be, as we step into the season where all should be holly and jolly and merry and bright, and it's not, we're going, what's the deal? And it magnifies the intensity of those things not being as they should be. Like, for example, uh, maybe you're waiting on a spouse. You're waiting on that special someone to step into your life, and here we are at Christmas time. And so mistletoe's out, and PDA is going on all the time. And there's all these Christmas songs about love and sitting beside fires and, you know, cuddling and all this stuff. And then you got the Hallmark movies. And some of you women, you torture yourself with these Hallmark movies. Watching these movies where all of a sudden, Brennan shows up in the town. And Brennan's got his turtleneck on and Noel, aptly named Noel, sees him and She's been enjoying the, the small town country life. She loves the farm, but now Brennan comes from the city and what are we going to do? She's divided between keeping the farm and also loving Brennan. By the way, I've never seen a Hallmark movie. I really haven't and neither has my wife. I just came up with this whole concept. I was really proud of myself too. But, but in the, at the end, what happens is Noel gets to have Brennan, his turtleneck and the farm. And some of you, you watch these movies and like, it's kind of fun and it's kind of sweet, but it also, it's kind of like daggers in your heart because, because you're alone and you don't have a Brennan. You don't have a, you don't have a Noel. Anybody named Brennan in the room today? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Or maybe like for you, you're in a waiting season where like you've been dealing with your health for a long time and like you've been sick and you've had pain in your body you can't remember the last time that you didn't have pain in your body. And now we're in this season where it's like everybody wants to get together and they want to go do stuff. And you find yourself either dragging along behind or having to just completely bow out because you're just, you're in pain. You just can't do it. Maybe you find yourself in a season where you said last year at Christmas, this is the last Christmas that we're going to have without a little baby with us around the tree. And yet here you are again, and it's the Christmas season and not only do you not have a baby, but you're not even pregnant with the baby. And you, you see social media posts with your friends and different people, and they've got their little bundle of joy. And you're happy for them, and yet it also feels like it's kind of ripping out your heart because you don't have this desire that you so desperately want to have in having a little baby. Maybe there's someone in your life that you're waiting on them to, to come home. You know, it's Christmas season and it's when we, get around, we gather together, we sit around tables and maybe there's an empty seat at the table. Or maybe there's a, there's a table or there's a seat at the table and it's filled, but it's filled with someone and you know they're not as they should be. So we find ourselves in this season. And I don't know if any of this stuff lands with you, but we can find ourselves in a season where we're waiting and sometimes it can feel a little hopeless and it can feel a little frustrating and a little painful. But I know this, and I'm sure you can relate to this. I, I don't like waiting, but I can wait if there's hope. Like if there's hope, I, I, I can wait. This is like the whole going to the airport experience for me. Like I hate going to the airport. 
The, the way, like the ticketing process where you go up there with your bag and you put it on the scale and you find out that your bag weighs 52.3 pounds and they look at you and they say, hey, you've got to take 2.3 pounds out of this bag and put it in your other bag and you're looking at them and I'm just going, why does it matter? If it's going to go in my other bag and both bags are going on the plane, why do I have to try to figure out what 2.3 pounds is in this bag to move it into the other bag? Makes no sense to me, but we do it. We do it. And then we go through TSA and we have to take our shoes off in public. It's weird. I don't like taking my shoes off. You can ask my family. I don't take my shoes off at home. There's comfort in shoes on. Somebody say amen. amen. A lot of people like taking their shoes off when they get in their house. I don't like that. I don't take my shoes off till I go to bed, people. Maybe that's a tick. I don't know, but it's something. <laughs> but now I got to take my shoes off and walk around the airport and, and my belt's off too. So now I'm trying to hold up my pants with my shoes off. And then they're like, lift your hands up. Okay, right? It's weird, but I do it and you do too. And why do we do it? Because we know on the other side of that plane flight, on the other side is a, is a, is a vacation location that's, that's, that's gonna make it all worthwhile. There's a hope. So I can wait because there's, because there's, a, there's a hope. When I have a hope, I can, I can wait. And so the question I have for you today is, is where do you find hope in the middle of your waiting? What, what is your hope really securely fastened to in the season that you find yourself in, waiting for whatever it is you're waiting for? Well, I think there's three things that we can see in the Christmas story, three things in this Advent story that can point to a hope that we can all experience this season. Number one is this, uh, at the Advent season, we find hope through Advent when we look back in celebration. We look back in celebration. What does this mean? Well, we look back to that first, that first Christmas, that first time when Jesus showed up on the scene in Bethlehem. We look back on that moment and what it really represents for each and every one of us. John 1.14 kind of lays out the theological concept for us here. It says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. I love the, the message translation, how it renders this verse. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus, like, I, I don't know that we truly wrap our brain around how amazing this is, but Jesus, the son of God, who is God, came to this earth and wrapped himself in flesh. The, the one who spoke this world into existence, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, God, God came to this earth and he downsized himself to the, to the confines of a human womb and was born into this world and what became a part of the very creation that he spoke into existence, that was breathed into life because of him. How, like, it's, it's unbelievable. And beyond that, uh, 33 years later, that same Jesus grew up, lived among us, and then was pinned to a cross and, and suffered and died so that we, through him, could find, could find relationship with God. We could be forgiven of our sins so that he could defeat death, hell, and the grave through his death, burial, and resurrection. And we, through him, could find new life with with, with God. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It's a miracle. And it started at the incarnation when he was born into this world. And yet as amazing as it is, as much as incredible as it is, as like 
the miracle of that, of that moment was there were very few people who actually recognized what was going on when it was going on. No one really knew in Bethlehem that the Messiah was, was, was on the scene. They, they, had no, they had no clue. And, and really, a lot of the life that Jesus lived was kind of hidden away. You know, Jesus was here for 33 years. And really, that first 30 years, we have one kind of glimpse into his life when he was about 12 years old, 13 years old. But outside of that, we don't really know a lot of what was going on in his life. But, but, but based on what I know about his life and his ministry, I don't think there was a lot of really phenomenal things happening on the outside to the world. Because when he finally became, stepped into ministry, his own brothers, his own family didn't receive him as the Messiah. They didn't receive him until after he was raised from the grave. When he goes back to his hometown and begins to minister there, like they didn't receive him as a prophet or as the Messiah. So that, that tells me that, that there, it was a very subtle life that he was living. And even though God was moving and God was moving in incredible ways, there were a lot of people that were completely unaware of it. And I think this is a truth that we need to kind of wrap our brains around this, this Advent season is that often that God is working in ways that we can't see. God may be working in your life in a lot of different ways. There may be a miracle having, taking place in your life right now, but you are completely unaware of it. You have no idea that it's going on. You know, God may be moving in 50,000 ways in your life right now, and you may be aware of less than, than five of those ways. Louis Giglio says this, even if we don't see it, God is always working underneath the surface, behind the scenes and orchestrating his plans and his purpose. And today I can look back at my life and different seasons of my life. And now it kind of like in the story of, of Jesus, you know, you look at the story of Jesus now and you see the star and you see the wise men and you see the shepherds and you know, the nativity and all that, that represented, we see all that now and we go, how could they have missed it? But, but they had no idea. And in the same way, like I can look at my life sometimes now, and I can look back on, on seasons where God was doing so much, but at the time I was completely unaware. There's been seasons in my life where I felt like I didn't know that God was doing anything. But now I look back and I go, man, God was working some stuff in me. God was working some stuff out of me. God was working some stuff through me. God was working out some stuff around me. And it's all led to my good and it's led me to this place. But at the time, I felt like God wasn't moving. But I'm here to tell you today, that if you find yourself in that place today where you feel like you're waiting and it feels like God isn't moving at all, I'm here to tell you, God is moving in ways that you cannot fathom. God is working on you. God is working in you. God is working through you. God is working around you. He's got a plan for you. And so here's, here's what we can begin to do in this season. When we come to realize that, it can really encourage us. Encourage us that, hey, even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel it, God, I know that, that you're working. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also not, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. Listen, God loved you enough to send Jesus to this earth to come and to live and to die for you. And if he loves you that much, don't you think he still wants to send Jesus into your life to save you and to help you? Of course he does. So we find comfort in that. And we can, here, here's what we can do. And this is my encouragement to you is in, in this season where you find yourself, where you feel like you're waiting and you feel like God is not moving in that, in that season, celebrate now. Choose to celebrate now by faith and recount the blessings of God. 
In fact, I encourage you during the, this season leading up to Christmas to, to have a moment where you get together with your family, maybe get together with your friends, share a meal together, and just have it be a recount the blessings of God night where you just count and, and, and remember all of the ways God has come through for you, how the ways that God has been faithful to you and just begin to thank him for what he's done and, and remind yourself if he's done it for me once, then he'll do it again because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves me then and he loves me now and he's moving now just like he moved then. Someone say amen. Amen. So get together, share a meal. And listen, it doesn't have to be fancy. Like, I'm not telling you you have to cook some gourmet meal. Like, get a tray of chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. Or if your budget can't even pull that off, like, grab a couple 20 pieces from McDonald's. Whatever. It's not the food that matters. What matters is the, the faith, what you're doing. Remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. And then, and then do this. There may be some needs that you have. Join hands with those people around you and pray in faith that God who has moved will continue to move in your life. Isaiah 45, 15 says, clearly. Somebody say clearly. clearly. Say it like you mean it, clearly. clearly. Clearly, you are a God who works behind the scenes. God of Israel, Savior God. There is a Savior God who is working behind the scenes in your life, making a way, opening doors that no one can close, closing doors that you don't need to go through. So trust him and begin to celebrate now what he's doing as you look back in celebration to what he's already done. Here's the second thing that we do this Advent season that can help us to experience the hope that is found through Jesus is we look forward in anticipation. We look forward in anticipation. You know, Christmas is a season of anticipation. I remember probably the most memorable Christmas I can remember growing up as a kid was Christmas 1985. I just turned six years old. I was in that sweet spot. Like six years old is a magical year for Christmas because your kids are small enough that they, they're still like totally into it, uh, but they're also still small enough that the presents that they want uh, don't cost a whole lot. So you can get a whole lot of stuff for Christmas. And so I was so excited for Christmas this year and I had a, a big list that I was working on. This is back in the day when we used to get catalogs. You guys remember those? You get these little catalogs with the Christmas wish list catalogs, you know, from Toys R Us and different places. And I'd go through and I'd circle all the different G.I. Joe stuff that I wanted and Transformers and Nintendo Entertainment System games. And I would, you know, place that in, in places where it would come across my mother's path, you know, do that whole thing. And so I was pumped about Christmas. I remember laying in my little bed that night in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 1612 South, nice a place, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, wanting to go to bed so bad because I wanted it to be the next day, but I couldn't fall asleep because I was so excited. The glow under my door, I knew on the other side of that door, my parents were doing some stuff. My parents always made Christmas so fun and I knew there was a bunch of stuff going on on the other side of that door and I couldn't wait to participate in it. If I could just go to sleep, there was so much anticipation in me. Why? Because I knew that there was a great day ahead of me. There was a great day on the other side of this night. You know, Advent is a season where we, not just, we don't just look back at what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. But we also look ahead to what Jesus is going to do when he comes back someday at his second coming. My friends, Jesus is coming again. And that great and glorious day is a day that we should look forward to with great anticipation. John 14, verse 1, Jesus says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. 
Let not your hearts be troubled. In other words, in the middle of where you find yourself right now, in the middle of the waiting, in the middle of all of the, the, the divided culture that we live in, in the middle of all the mess and the sin and the brokenness and the pain and the hurt, all the, in all of the middle of that, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Jesus talking here. Believe also in me. Now notice where he goes from here. He, he, he starts to speak forward to this idea of having hope in something that's coming. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus is coming back. And Jesus wants us as his people, as his sons and daughters, to look forward to that day with great anticipation, like a child looks forward to Christmas, that Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he is going to set things straight. The Bible in the book of Revelation talks a lot about the return of Jesus. It's a, it's a book about the revelation of Jesus coming back. And Jesus is talking to John and giving him insight into what it's going to look like. And he says this, to John in verse 12 of Revelation 22, the last book in the Bible, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm coming back and I'm gonna set things straight. Jesus is coming back. Listen, there's brokenness and there's hurt and there's pain and there's lies and there's deception and there's all this stuff in the world. But someday Jesus is going to come back and he's gonna judge this stuff justly. And all of that brokenness, all of that pain, all of that hurt, all of that stuff is going to be done with. It's going to be away with. It's going to be over. And so this is the heart that we should have as the people of God. Look at what it says in verse 17. The spirit and the bride. The bride is us. It's the bride of Christ. It's talking about the church, God's people. The bride say, come. Somebody say, come. Come, come Lord Jesus. Come and let one who hears say, come. And then verse 20. The very last verse of the Bible. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming soon. Amen. In other words, so be it. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. So, so here's how we live as the people of God, as the children of God. We live with one eye in the reality that we find ourselves living in. And we look with one eye to the future of that coming of Jesus when he returns to receive us and call us home. And so we work in our assignment. And what's our assignment? Kingdom come, right? Jesus said that we're to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're still active in that assignment. We don't just say, well, it's not, it's, it can't happen until Jesus comes back, so we're not going to bother with it. No, no. We're actively pursuing the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus in this earth, in our lifetime, in our time. We're fighting for that, but we also recognize that it can't fully come until Jesus comes back and returns. Timothy Keller says this, he says, God's kingdom is present in its beginnings, but it's still future in its fullness. The kingdom of God is present and it's being fulfilled, but it will not fully be fulfilled until Jesus comes back. So, so we live in this tension of it's now, but it's not completely yet. It's now, and we're striving for it, and we're pursuing it, but it's not completely yet. So yes, there's still going to be some brokenness in this world. There's still going to be some pain in this world. There's still going to be poverty in this world. There's still going to be oppression in this world. But someday, listen, Jesus is coming back, and all of that will be done away with. And we look forward to that. And what it does is we look forward to that in hope is it brings peace to us in the meantime. 
I'm, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, as some of you know, and we're having a good year. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I don't want to mess with it, okay? But we're having a good year. And as a Dallas Cowboys fan and a pastor, I've, I've learned something. I don't always get to see, if they have a noon kickoff game, I don't get to see that game normally. I have to DVR that game. I don't get out of here typically on, on a Sunday until after 2.30. By the time we get lunch and get home, it's well after the, the, the early games are over. And so I'll, I'll DVR the game. And for a while in my life, I used to try really hard not to get any information about the game. I wanted to go in and even though I was watching it later, I wanted to feel like I was watching it live. But I discovered that this was way too uh, intense for me and for the people I love the most. Like this was just difficult. Uh, in fact, I remember one time I was I was, uh, I was at another church. It was in Gateway in Dallas. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'd done really good about avoiding people that day in, in a sense of people that I know would might try to share something with me about the Cowboys score. And I'm walking out to my car. And as I'm walking out, one of my buddies looks over and he goes, hey, dude, can you believe that the Cowboys pulled it off? And I was like, no, you idiot, I can't. <laughs> I was trying not to know. You, you been there before? Some of you, anyway. But I found out that they had won. And so I go home, and I still want to watch the game because I'm a fan, okay? So I go home, and I begin to watch the game. But I have this knowledge in my back pocket that they won already. And so I'm watching the game, and it starts off bad. They get down by 7, then by 14, then by 17, then by 24. 24 to nothing, they're losing. Now, normally, if I'm watching this, and I don't know the, the end from the beginning... I'm struggling. Like the flesh is rising up. I'm having to repent of things. Like it's not good. Shoes have been thrown at this point. I've turned it off, walked away from it, said I'm done. And then I come back five minutes later. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But this day, it wasn't like that. I'm sitting there watching because I know that in the end they're going to win. As things are falling apart and they, things look bad, I find myself just sitting there going, wow, this is going to be interesting to see how this all works out. And sure enough, they start to come back and come back and come back. And by the end of the game, they won the game. But I had peace through, throughout the entire process. Why? Because I knew that my team in the end was going to win. Listen, if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, I got some good news for you today. Your team in the end wins. You're on the winning team. And so we can know that and live in the middle of this tension of, of sometimes the ups and the downs of this world and know, hey, I, I may not know exactly how this is all going to work out, but I know how it's going to work out at the very end. And that is that I'm going to win. And so I can have peace in the middle of the turmoil because my team, I'm on the winning team. Someone say amen. amen. And so we find comfort in, in that. Billy Graham says this, the second coming of Christ will be so revolutionary that it will change every aspect of life on this planet. Christ will reign in righteousness. Disease will be arrested. Death will be modified. War will be abolished. Nature will be changed. Man will live as it was originally intended he should live. Someday, all the pain, all the fear, all the hurt, all the heartache, all the tears, it's all going to be wiped away. And we will be in the presence of our perfect God forever and ever. And so we find hope in the middle of where we find ourselves now, knowing that someday we'll be with the Lord. We find comfort in that. So my encouragement to you is if you find yourself in that season, that place of, of waiting, 
and it feels like the world's kind of falling apart around you is that you should turn to Jesus with your problems. Go to God with whatever it is that you're dealing with and find comfort in Jesus. The Bible says this, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. We come to God. We're carrying these burdens. Listen, you were not made to carry burdens. You're a sheep. Sheep are not burden-bearing animals. God says you're a sheep, so you need to cast those cares over on the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. For He cares for you affectionately, and He cares about you watchfully. That word casting there is the Greek word in ripo. It means to throw something on someone else. And the idea behind it is it's like you, you throw your care onto God who has the strength to carry it. And he's not just going to like hold it for you. He's going to carry it away from you. He's going to take it away from you. But listen, he can't do that if you don't cast it on him. So he says, come to me, give me your cares so I can carry them away and, 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 and let you step into the freedom I have for you. So we look forward in anticipation. Jesus is coming back. There's a day when all of this stuff will be gone. But in the meantime, we can turn to God. We can bring our cares to him so he can carry them away in the season that we find ourselves in. And we find hope in that. So we look back in celebration. We look forward in anticipation. And here's number three. We join in participation. We join in in participation. St. Bernard of Clairvoy says this, Advent prepares not just for the first coming of Christ to Israel, or even the second coming at the end. There is a third coming. Between these two, in which Jesus comes in spirit and power for our rest and consolation. Advent is not a season when we just look back at what Jesus did 2,000 years ago as a baby, or we look forward to what he's going to do someday as a king, but we experience him in the here and the now and who he wants to be. You see, when Jesus was born in a manger, I want you to know something. Hope was born in a manger, and that hope is present for you today. I'm reminded of the, the Luke 2 in the story of the angels coming to share this message with these shepherds shepherds that are sitting on a hillside in the outskirts of the city in darkness, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And all of a sudden, the, the sky is lit up with these angels and they come declaring a message. And what the angels say to the shepherds, I want you to hear God saying this to you today. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. Some translations say this day in Bethlehem, the city of David. The angels show up and they say, guys, the one you've been waiting for, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who's gonna fix all this, he's on the scene. He's available and he's available for you today. When Jesus showed up in a manger, hope showed up in a manger. And that hope wasn't just something we can look back at. And it's not just something we can look forward to. It's something we can experience today. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 28, 20. Be sure of this. I am with you always. Someone say always. 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 Even to the end of the age. When Jesus showed up, he didn't just leave. We're not in a season where it's like we're waiting for him to come back and we don't have him. He's here for you now. And so that means that whatever you need is available today. 
He's, he's made a way for you. It's not just about what he did in the past. It's not just what he's going to do in the future. It's what he wants to do for you today. There's power available for you today. There's freedom available for you today. There's, there's transformation that can take place in your life today. There's, there's whatever you need, it can take place in your life today because hope is on the scene. Jesus is on the scene and he wants to be with you today. When Jesus was born in a manger, hope was born in a manger. He came that first Christmas, he's coming again, but more importantly, he's here right now. And Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. God is, is available today. And he knocks at the door of your heart and he says, Will you let me in? Will you welcome me in? Hope's available, but you have to let hope in. He wants to breathe life into your dead dreams. He wants to breathe life into whatever kind of pain and frustration and, and doubts you may have. He wants to come and he wants to breathe new life into you. But just like with any gift that we receive at Christmas time, in order for us to experience it, we have to receive it. We have to unwrap it. We have to partake of it. Jesus knocks and says, will you let me in? The question is, will you let him in? I love this quote from Henry Nouwen. He says, the Lord is coming, always coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will recognize him at any moment of your life. Life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting and you don't either. But the good news is we don't have to wait. The wait is over, hope is here. You don't have to wait on hope. You can experience the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ because when Jesus was born in that manger, hope was born in a manger and it's available for you today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? Maybe you find yourself here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never accepted the work of salvation that Jesus came and died on the cross to make available to you. Jesus suffered so that you could have hope in your life, that you could have hope in your future, you could have hope in your eternity. And maybe you find yourself here today and you're, you're kind of wrestling with this idea that you're not with God as you should be. You know there's, there's something not right. You know that, that you're off. And you feel like God is calling to you today and saying, hey, isn't it about time? There's a knocking going on in your heart. And Jesus is saying, hey, I love you. I'm for you. I died for you. I made a way for you. I want you. Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with some hopelessness in your, in your body, maybe in your, in your health. Just like that story we, we shared with you at the beginning of the message, the same God that healed that lady of her lung disease is the same God who's available. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it for her, he'll do it for you. And maybe you've given up hope and you've released your faith in, in that area, but I, I believe God is calling and he's knocking on the, de on, on the door of your heart today. And he's saying, hey, would you let me into that area of pain? Would you let me into that area of sickness? Would you believe again that I am the God who heals and that what I did at the cross when I suffered and took those stripes on my back is, is something I wanna do in you? 
Maybe you've lost hope in what God can, can do in your life. You lost hope in being able to have a baby, being able to get married, being able to have a future. God is calling you today. He says, hey, I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. I wanna be with you in whatever season you find yourself in. Maybe you're hurting today. God wants to meet you wherever you are. Jesus is calling you and he's saying, hey, come, come to me. Lay those burdens before me. I wanna, I wanna breathe fresh hope into your life. If that's you today, we would love to pray with you. We'd love to join our faith with yours. In fact, I'm gonna invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. And if that's you today, if you find yourself, man, maybe you never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you wanna get that right. You wanna know that you know that you're right with God. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you to begin to start taking this journey of walking out your salvation. We'd love to pray with you over that. Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with some, some sickness or some pain in your body. We would love to lay hands on you and join our faith with yours and believe God that, that God can heal you and God can minister life and healing into your body. Maybe you, you've lost some hope and you're, you feel overwhelmed by the circumstances of life or by a situation. What, whatever it is you're dealing with, we want you to know if it matters to you, it matters to God and it matters to us. And we would love to help you to lay that burden at the foot of the cross so that Jesus can carry it away from you and breathe new hope and new life into you today. Whatever the case may be, here in just a moment, we're gonna invite you to come down if that's you and to receive prayer. New Song Church, would you stand with me? We're gonna go back into a time of worship now. But if that's you, if you find yourself going, man, I think that Pastor Josh, is, I feel like God is calling me. I feel like God is talking to me. And, and, and I know there's probably some of you in here right now and you're going, ah, I don't think that's me. Uh, my, my thing's not that big of a deal. I'm here to tell you, God is talking to you today. God wants you. He's for you. He wants to help you today. Will you call upon the name of the Lord and see what he wants to do? We would love to pray with you. If that's you, you've got any prayer need of any kind, I want to invite you to come down and receive prayer today. If not, let's just take this moment and let's just worship the Lord one more time and celebrate the gift that was given, the hope that was born in that manger that's available for each and every one of us today. Would you lift your hands with me? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. You're so good. You're so faithful. As we enter this season, Lord, we pray that our focus would be on you. Our attention would be towards you, that we would remember the arrival that God is with us, that, that Jesus is on the scene and we welcome you into our life. We say, we, say we, we, we celebrate what you did. We celebrate and look forward to what you're gonna do. And we say, come, but we welcome you into our today. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has a prayer need of any kind, you would draw them to you so they can receive all you have for them today. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.